For as long as I've known the NBA, it's been a stars league. But even among the stars, there's an exclusive club. Russell, Dr. J, Jordan, Kobe. They're all part of a select group that paved the way for the NBA superstar of today. And some even shared secrets with each other along the way. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Jackie McMullen, and this is the Icons Club. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of Weekends with Waz on the Ringer Podcast Network. Of course, I'm your host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambray, and I'm joined this time by a very, very special guest of Metal Lark Media, also happens to be my brother, my like actual brother. <laughs> it's handsome Tom Habistro. What's going on, Tom? My guy, dude. It's great to be here. Uh, weekends with Waz. I'm a, a a loyal listener, and wow. I don't know how I'm gonna follow up Sabrina here, um, who is just unreal about fire. the Lakers, man. <laughs> she, she was she was she was on another level, uh, <laughs> Sabrina. But but Tom, listen, that, that's the reason why I have a lot of fun doing this show because. They basically just let me book whoever the hell I want. And what that turns into is just, I just call my friends. <laughs> like, yeah. yo, can you come on the show? Thanks. All right. <laughs> see you on Sunday. Good stuff. Good talk. Um, so, yeah, man. Obviously, really happy to have you on today. Yeah, but I just got to know, like, can we have, like, uh, an end-of-year celebration, like, a real Weekends with Waz? The guests on Weekends with Waz do a weekend with Waz? Listen, that you know what? I've been doing one guest at a time because I'm so lazy. I book everybody last minute. So it, now that you've implanted that seed, we're definitely going to do a Weekends with Waz Palooza at some point. Yes. Maybe after the finals is done, um, we'll do a, a, a Weekends with Waz Palooza and have some of my esteemed guests. So far, I've had, I've had some pretty esteemed guests. You, Nate Duncan, Sabrina Merchant, Zach Harper, Mino Hassan, Ethan Strauss. I mean, the list goes on. You know, just just Don't luminaries. About Gulliver, man. Gulliver brought Ben the Gulliver, too. another classic appearance. Just some of the biggest beasts in, 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 in NBA media. I'm happy you brought that up. I'm a great guest booker, I guess you could say, Tom. 
That's right. That's right. No, I, I mean, you just came through Miami and now I think we're going to talk a little Miami. And yes. now you had like get some time there. You got to feel the vibes. Yes. And I'm guessing you predicted this four game losing streak and this kerfuffle on the no, sideline. No, I did not. I've been talking up the heat all year, the way they've weathered injuries, um, the way their defensive unit has looked at times, just like complete monster world beaters. I'm like, look, man, they've got a lot of guys with playoff equity veterans that have been like finals, won finals, you know, guys who have been through the crucible of the postseason, right? Uh, so much just intelligence, basketball intelligence on the roster. And then of course, me and you have a lot of respect for what Coach Spo does. So I've been kind of talking up Miami all year. It was, I didn't really even think to question what they were doing until uh, we recorded our latest group chat, me, Verrier, and um, Rob Mahoney, and, and Very was like, ah, I think the Heat are going to get beat up um, pretty soon here, and especially in the playoffs. And lo and behold, they've lost four straight. Um, they've lost five out of the last seven. Uh, Coach Spolstra asked Jimmy Butler if he wanted to fight. Yeah. Uh, Udonis Haslam promised to kick Jimmy Butler's ass in front of 20,000 people. And, you know, of course they do because Miami is about as professional as it gets. And they come out and say, oh, it's nothing. This is the kind of stuff that happens behind closed doors all the time. You guys just happen to see it. It's not a big deal. Um, where are you at with the Heat? Have you been like the Heat or one of the top teams in the East all year? Or have you been a skeptic? Well, I've always been worried about the offense. The defense, yeah, I know, with to. P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler. Like, I'm not worried about the defense. Until now, like mm -hmm. I was always worried about the offensive side and their ability to score in the half court because you got Jimmy Butler and uh, Bam Adebayo, two non-shooters out there. Jimmy Butler has just completely abandoned the three-point game. Um, his his mid-range jumper has been off this year as well. And their ability to get into the paint and penetrate, that was my concern. And then the last four games, it's not just that they've lost, Waz. It's that they've they lost smoked. to like the B squads, right? <laughs> it's the JV squad of the Philadelphia 76ers. No Embiid, yep. no Harden. Golden State Warriors, they got beat by 14 or something like that against no a team Steph. that didn't have Iguodala. They didn't have Draymond. They didn't have Steph. And then they go against the Knicks and get blown out in the fourth quarter. Manuel quickly has outscored the Miami Heat in the fourth quarter by himself. Mm. And it's like, yo, what is going on here? Because the offense, like... I had my concerns all season, but the defense, the fact that they've laid down defensively over these four games, that's a concern for me because as you know, watching as much NBA as you have, when you question a team's chemistry or question a team's togetherness, it shows, it manifests itself on the defensive, defensive end. end. Yep. And so yep. if you're not locked in, if you're not playing for each other, that's where it's going to show. And that's what I'm concerned about is you remember this from it was a 2012 playoffs when when Eric Spolstra and and and, and Dwayne Wade went at it in the timeout. Mm -hmm. What happened that next game against the Pacers? It was it was, was like that the, the was that when him and LeBron dropped 40? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they dropped 70 points in that next game, and it was like, oh, okay, that's what happens when they go like when they have these skirmishes and they they basically turn around and just kick your ass. Right. And then this time didn't happen at all in the in these last couple of games after that that um, that battle with <laughs> Eric Spolster and, and Jimmy Butler. And look, I don't want to be all doom and gloom here, so I do want to say, like, especially you mentioned defense. Um, 
it's not as if they don't have defensive talent. It's not as if they don't have some of the savviest, most instinctive defensive players like I've ever seen. Like I'm talking about between like Jimmy and and PJ and Kyle Lowry and you know, especially PJ and Kyle, they're pretty up there in age at this point, but still like these are some of the best defensive players we've ever seen at their position, straight up. Especially in this generation of players. And Bam is an all-defensive type of guy. Um, I don't have any, like, worries that when they, you know, decide, like, all right, there's actually stakes here. We have the talent. We have the know-how. They're going to execute defensively. I just think you want to be coalescing right now, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. with, with about seven games left in your season. And it seems that they're doing the opposite. And it's hard to understand why. What, what is your sense as to what is the sort of chasm between Jimmy and whoever the hell it is he's mad at? I, I know that Jimmy is a big personality. We know about that with Philly. We know about that with Minnesota and going, go, going back to Chicago. Like he's always been a very confrontational person, not afraid to light people up. The fact that he went at Eric Spolster and, and basically challenged him to a fight, or at least that's what we're speculating it based on what Spo said. Well, what? You want to you fucking fight me like that? That was incredible. And an incredible moment. Thank you to the fans on the court side, just like getting out their phones to doing that because – like like Spo went at him. That's what's so amazing to me is that Spo kept going at Jimmy because of what Jimmy said, whatever he said in the huddle. And I don't know what that's about. You know, there's a cone of silence around the Miami Heat of a veil of circ- mm-hmm. secrecy that has always happened since I've been covering Hashtag them. Hashtag heat culture. Hashtag heat culture. I remember Gerald Green got like arrested for punching some dude outside of a condo one time. And like the police, nobody talked about it. Like Pat Riley must have gotten on the phone with the, the PD and was like, we're shutting this down. No one's going to know about what Gerald Green did. Gotcha. And it was like, what, how is that possible? But that's yeah. the heat way. So like the idea of like what's beneath the surface here of Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster and the team Um I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I will say this, like, Spo's half Filipino. I would not go at Spo. Like, he's the biggest Manny Pacquiao fan I know. In my, I've watched <laughs> Manny Pacquiao fights with Eric Spolster before. Like, don't try to tell me that Eric Spolster doesn't have, like, a couple of ones. a dog is what you're saying. <laughs> that, I, I'm not going to say he's going to win a fight with Jimmy Butler, but, like, Jimmy's got to know that Spo, I don't think he's playing. So it was, it was an incredible moment, like, I don't know where your head was at with dissecting that that sideline thing, but it was it was kind of alarming to me how little people cared in the huddle. Like Udonis Haslam was going at him, but like Quinny, like Chris Quinn, assistant coach, couldn't like care less in the moment of what was going on. Like the coaches weren't holding Spo back. It was just like, all right, if Spo wants to go at him, like let him go at him. You know what's interesting is that it, it actually made me think, as is often the case, back to the first Heatle season when LeBron shoulder bump Spo, mm, pretended that gate. it was yeah yeah, bump pretended gate. that it was an accident when all of us knew that it wasn't. And I don't want to say Spo like sort of shrank from that situation, but you could tell he was just like, all right, that was some bullshit. But like I have like I have so much more shit to worry about. Yeah. I can't even. Go into that direction. And of course, Pat Riley and management came to Spo's defense and like, he's not getting fired. He's not going anywhere. We're in lockstep with Coach Spolstra. The, the, the inmates aren't running this asylum. That's not what the case is. So I remember Spo's reaction to that. And then the Jimmy reaction is like, it's sort of the evolution of Spo. It's mm. like the guy that was, I don't want to say he was unsure of himself, but he still felt like 
he had something to prove, right, out here. And he's, you know, he's coaching the most watched team in the NBA, if not all of sports. And to now where he's just like, Jimmy Butler, I'll fight you. Like, I'll fight you in front of all these people. Like, I don't give a damn. So that's what I thought of with that. And then, you know, it, it kind of made me think about Jimmy and sort of the narrative around him, right? I, I think when he was mad about Chicago, sort of balking at the idea that they should pay him, making him go out and get a qualifying offer and all of that, and he was pissed about that. Like, we were like, you know what, Jimmy, you're kind of right. When he was pissed about Wiggins and Towns and their, say, approach to the game, um, I think... You know, he he it can't it, it turned out that he was kind of right about the immaturity of those guys, especially about Wiggins, who plays his same position, got a freaking max deal because he promised the owner that he would work hard. Uh and and you know, he was kind of right about that. Then of course the Philadelphia thing happens. And you know, look, him and Joel obviously still mess with each other, they still buddies and whatever. And but we've seen the Simmons thing sort of play out. Where it's like, yo, like, you guys are kissing these kids' asses all day, every single day. Then when they're asked to do something hard or difficult, it's just like, Jimmy, go go figure this out. Like, yeah. you kind of understood where Jimmy was coming from with all of the temper tantrums and the craziness that he was doing. Um, however, in Miami, where it's just like, all, all you talk about, you market yourself, I'm just about to work. I'm a dog. I want to do this. I, I, I just want to be around people that work hard and who care? And blah, blah, blah. And to a man in Miami, like, there are no non-grinders on this team. And that goes from top to bottom from Riley. You know, I don't know if you're watching Winning Time, um, Tom. Pat Riley wasn't always the slick dude in the Armani suits. He was a grinder mm. first. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this. So, the, like... That's what I'm thinking about is the Jimmy of it all. It's like, Jimmy, come on. Like, get it together, please. Yeah, and then the last game where uh, he was like two for nine, he missed his last seven field goals, and like the very first possession, Andre Drummond is stripping it from him, and then later in the game gives the peace sign to, mm-hmm. to the Heat as he's going up for the dunk on a fast break. Like, I don't know what's going on with the Miami Heat right now, but I'll tell you this. Like, they need to get something right. They need to get this figured out because – I thought it was overrated, the idea that they were the number one seed and, like, are they the the favorites in the Eastern Conference? I don't know if I was willing to go that far. But this is a just a bad year in the East. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the winner of the Eastern Conference is going to win, like, 52 games. Yeah. Was, right? So yeah. there is no juggernaut out East. It is there for the taking. And the Miami Heat have to, fi- have to find that next gear where in the playoffs, Kyle Lowry is going to have to step up. The guy has missed – um, almost a, a month due to personal reasons. Another cone of silence thing with the Miami Heat where uh, Kyle Lowry can miss like two weeks at a time. And it's just, it's personal reasons. And he, he's done it a couple of times this year where he stepped away from the team. And then Jimmy Butler has this explosion and Udonis Haslam's going at him too. It's been a weird season for the Miami Heat. Um, I think they were the number one seed by default simply because the East has been just so atrocious this year at the top. So I'm not a big believer in them as title contenders until they figure out that offense. The thing that scares me about them is the worst three-man trio offensive rating on the team is Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, and Bam Adebayo. Wow. Those three guys, when they're on the floor together, have the worst offensive rating, points per 100 possessions, of any trio on the Miami Heat. And it's just in the half court – 
they really struggle to get points. And that's once the defense starts splitting at the seams, that's a bad recipe for postseason play. Yeah. And so, of course, they had that magical run in the bubble where nobody could figure out their offense um, because it was basically new, right? Like that kind of continuity stuff, that kind of like read and react stuff that they were doing with Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero. Like over time, teams develop ways to guard it. But at first, it beca- it's, it's a mad scramble. They were generating so many quality looks and to the point where they rolled that thing all the way to the NBA Finals. And even a, like, even as an injured team, I felt like they gave the Lakers a run for their money, even though Bam Adebayo was hurt for the majority, yeah. um, if not the entire as series. As my fans will remind you time and time again. That by oh, okay. That, oh, that's, that's yes. one of those uh, Kendrick Perkins we never lost with the five men. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. They're better than K-Perk. Yeah, he's better than Perk, but yes. No, 100%. Same but they had that magical run, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then last year, they just got completely pantsed, right? Like, they got oh. completely embarrassed in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I just assumed this year would be a mixture between the two. I didn't think they would be this dominant force that they were in 2020. At the same time, I didn't think they would, you know, just completely flame out in 2021. I thought they would, you know, field some competitive basketball in the postseason. However, and you mentioned the offense, I think... Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, back in 2020, for whatever reason, teams were not sure how to attack them offensively. That's no longer the case. Um, When those guys are on the floor, guys' eyes are lighting up and they are destroying those dudes. And I hate that it's the white American dude. Like, it's so stereotypical that they're like the worst defenders on the team and the guys see them, even white guys see them guarding them and just are like, yo, I'm going to kill this dude. But like, that's what it is. Yeah. Philly uh, just hunted Hero like time and time again, like four straight possessions. They went at Tyler Hero. And look, like, that's something you got to worry about is their ability to maybe um, switch, like pre-switch that screen with Bam out of bio, maybe try to to blow up that that hunting. But it's it's going to be an issue for the Heat, and you know I think really all that stuff will take care of itself. I trust Eric Spolster to figure out those kind of adjustments to not have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson on an island defensively. But to me, the biggest issue is whether Jimmy Butler is locked in. That's mm. it. Like it starts with that. Because when you look at his his performance in the most recent game against Brooklyn, it was uh, I think they were outscored seventy two to forty six in Jimmy Butler's twenty five minutes. <laughs> seventy two to forty six, you know, and and Kyrie didn't even have it going. Twenty five minutes is two NBA quarters, and you guys gave up seventy six points. That's like I don't care, you know. Even in the offensive three-point revolution, even in the uptick in pace, even like I get it, we're in the video game era of NBA basketball. That's bad. That's bad defense. There's no other way to slice that. You know when you stub your toe and you're just hot mad? Like you're just like angry at the world. I feel like there's some of that going on with Jimmy Butler, where like Mm. he's banged up. And so he's his temper and his just got you. He's just fired up more because I think he's been banged up all season. And this was kind of the issue. Not kind of the issue. This was the red flag for Jimmy Butler. That that trade, the sign and trade with Philly was, all right, you're committing to this guy long term. How much can he stay healthy? Like Jimmy Butler, 
at age 32, 33, 34, what does that look like? And if he's not able to get that burst or that's that first step, that quick first step around a guy, and he's not able to get into the paint as much, well, then he's going to become a jump shooter. And he's not that guy. He's not that guy at this stage. And so how much of this frustration from Jimmy Butler is about his physical state and he's missed a bunch of games this year, just his, his toe, his ankle, and how much of that frustration he's stepping to Eric Spolster, the head coach of your basketball team in the middle of a game when you're getting blasted <laughs> by the, the Golden State Warriors G League team, Santa Cruz out there, and you're just like, what is this about? And UD was like, I'm not having this. I'm stepping up and let's go right now. And Waz, here's my thing. Like, do you think they do actually do that all the time in practice? You think that's just no, a cop-out answer? No, 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 no. This is the Miami Heat being great at deception, being great with the Omerta. Nothing gets out. We don't play this media. This your teammates. This your brothers in the public. Whatever you do, handle it in-house, and we're going to handle it secretly. Um, that's To me, that's just all that is. There's no way... Jimmy Butler and and UD or Jimmy Butler and Spo are constantly talking about, I'm going to kick your ass. That's not happening on a weekly basis over there. And, you know, I, I will say, Tom, um, I mentioned I did a podcast with Bill and we were at Bill and Joe House and we were having fun with worst contracts in the league. I mentioned Klay Thompson. A lot of people in Golden State were butthurt about it. Hasn't played the first two years of that contract. Hasn't looked like the $40 million player this year. I'm looking a little bit smarter today. And also... What was that? I, what just happened there? No, I'm just talking... I'm just getting to Jimmy's contract. I, you know, I just always got to get to the Golden State people whenever I can. And But no, but the Jimmy deal, I was like, look, that extension he signed, right? Which they probably, you know, part of getting Lowry over there was probably, you know how these agents do, probably on some, yo, Jimmy's got to get taken care of. Then, you know, we could do the Lowry thing, whatever, whatever. But... Bro, he's going to be making like something like $55, $60 million or something ridiculous <laughs> in six years. And um, yeah, that 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 can't be good for business. Especially, right. especially a guy who can't stay on the floor. All right. Right now, he in 2026, he's gonna be paid $52 million. So that's four years from now, he'll be 36 years old. He'll be making $50 million a year. For, I mean, it's a player option wise. So he might not pick it. He oh, might he not might, pick it up. You never he know. Might, he might, he might not pick it up. You know, Russell Westbrook yeah. might not pick up the player option next year. Yeah, you never know. Right. Russell so, Westbrook is picking up that option. So will Jimmy Butler in four years. Um, I, I want to say this though, Waz. I'm so glad you're bringing back the word pants. Oh. <laughs> you, it's the greatest word. It's a great way to describe someone just getting embarrassed yes. out there. And the fact that you keep bringing up the pants thing is fantastic. So thank you for doing that this year. Yes, I'm I'm of an era where that actually happened in my schoolyard. Like that would happen to kids. Like you would literally get pants and your boxes, or if you had on the tidy whities because we was in the transitional phase from tidy whities to boxers <laughs> when I was young. So, you know, now you won't catch anybody in a pair of tidy whities. Like, you can't go nowhere. And, like, if you go to any store, men's store, or the men's section of Macy's, like, they're not going to have that on the racks. It's all boxer briefs or whatever. Um, but, yeah, back in my days, we were still transitioning. But, yeah, kids kids were getting pants in the schoolyard, Tom. Um, yeah. I won't say whether I have been pantsed or not, or if I've ever pantsed anybody. I'm not going to snitch on myself here today, but yeah, that was something that happened on a fairly regular basis. 
Yeah, I don't think the Heat are going to get pantsed again this off this this playoffs. Um, I have faith that they're going to turn things around. You remember the Gary Payton D Wade spat from the from the finals team in 2006. It was the first round against Chicago uh, when they went at it in the huddle at the sideline, and then they go and they win the, one of the most unlikely titles ever. Then right. there was Bumpgate. After Bumpgate, the Miami Heat went on a 12-game win streak. You yes. followed that team as closely as anybody yeah. on planet Earth because of your love for LeBron. Yes. And I remember the world was falling. The sky oh was falling was after Bumpgate. Nine and, and eight? It was, it was, it was ridiculous. Do <laughs> you, you remember the team that it was against? It was Dallas. It was, oh, they I were think playing Bump, the Mavericks for Bumpgate? I think Bumpgate was against wow. Dallas, and they went on like a twelve-game win streak, and then they lost one, and then they went on another nine-game win streak. So I remember a couple of things about that time. I remember either you or KP. The only silver lining of nine and eight and Bumpgate, either you or KP, Kevin Pelton of ESPN, had put out a piece that said, "Yeah, they're losing, but it's a bunch of close games, yeah. and close games are notoriously fluky, and they've <laughs> got the best defensive rating in the yeah, NBA." And that was, was the only. It probably was KP too, but that it, was the only silver lining of the first seventeen games of the Heatles' experience was you and KP. That the numbers guys was like. Well, they've lost a bunch of close games and they've got the best defense in the NBA. Like, this team's pretty fucking good, probably. <laughs> and then they proved us right. Thank right. you, Miami Heat. Thank you, LeBron, yeah. for, for making us not get fired. And, and I do want to talk about something else that's related to something that is Heat-specific and Heat culture. And it's like, these gems that get unearthed out of nowhere, like Max Struess, like Gabe Vincent, like Caleb Martin, we're like... These dudes were not considered to be NBA legitimate players before this season started. And I'll be damned if this isn't just another, you know, Josh Richardson or reclaiming James Johnson's career or like just a countless amount of players that the Heat have just unearthed out of yeah. thin air. So, and these guys are going to get some decent playoff minutes and these guys are pretty good players. I think it's cool. That's the cool, been the coolest part of watching this Heat season is just another crop of Heat gems out of nowhere. Yeah, and uh, Struess, thank God he's hitting shots um, because Duncan Robinson has not been great this year. Like he is, mm -hmm. he came out in a slump. Talk about a tough deal. Yeah, and and in playoff time, he's gonna be he's gonna be zeroing in defensively. So if he's not hitting shots, like what are you gonna do with Duncan Robinson? And the other fascinating thing to me is that um, if Duncan's not playing well, what do you do if you're Eric Spolstra? Do you sub in Tyler Hero and take him off the bench and put him into the starting lineup because that starting lineup has an offensive rating of a ninety three point nine. Tyler Hero in the spot for Duncan Robinson has been one of the worst offensive ratings for any like starting five in the NBA. And I don't know what that's about. Like whether Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo and, and Tyler just don't have that sort of chemistry like they did. And maybe they need the postseason, the metal, like the, the cauldron of the postseason to try to iron those things out. I'm not sure, but um, it's not been pretty. Like the Tyler Hero experience is like, He's a six man for a reason. Like mm. there's, there's, I don't know if it's chemistry issues with JB or if it's uh, Bam, but it has not worked when they've tried to put Tyler Hero in those situations with Jimmy Butler uh, and and Kyle Lowry and, and PJ Tucker. So it's a lot of weird stuff. But Max Struess, like I think he's a great safety 
um, safety valve for Duncan Robinson. And then, of course, you go back to Deion Waiters, Hassan Whiteside. The only issue with the Miami Heat is the doubling down part, Waz. The doubling down of like, we built you up, so we're going to give you a huge contract. And that looks good for agents. It looks good for the player. But man, like, bless him for getting out of that Josh Richardson contract. Like, trading him to Philly was was a heist. Uh, Whiteside getting off his deal. Like, they figure out Andy Ellisberg. Shouts to Andy Ellisberg, uh, the GM of the Miami Heat. Get out of these deals. But like the Tyler Johnson, another big deal where they built up these players out of nowhere and then they give them these big contracts. Um, they they do it just about as well as anybody in the league. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Nissan. Level up your next four-wheeled adventure with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Yeah, um, and, you know, I I, want to ask you just a couple more things before we get you out of here, but um, gun to your head, Tom. If they play the Brooklyn Nets, now that Kyrie has gotten his special dispensation to play home games, thanks to the New York Yankees. Um, and Yo, What the hell, man? Like- that, that was pure just like, look, Eric Adams was like, look, whatever. Nobody gives a shit about the fucking Nets. Um, if Kyrie doesn't play, yeah. like nobody's, I won't be getting constituents, phone calls, nothing will happen. The day I mess up a New York Yankees season, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that just that's just that just was never on the table. That was never going to happen. Um, but yeah, shouts to the Yankees for getting Kyrie full strength. But yeah, gun to your head. Uh, who you got? Heat, Nets in the first round. I still have the Heat in the first round against. Wow, them. Homer! Oh my God, I, man! I've been we shitting just on went the Nets. Talking about all of these warts this whole damn episode, and you come in with the absolutely the Heat take down the Nets in the first round. Yeah, man. Like I've been, I've been shitting on the Nets since KD and Kyrie linked up, man. Like I just don't, I don't believe them. Um, they, they did well last year um except for the injuries to, to harden and Kyrie, but like i still think that they that he can turn this around i'm call me a homer i mean shouts to metal arc and lebitard show um but like my my whole deal is i i can't see a uh, barring an injury to J- jimmy butler or bam out i just don't see them playing this like this in a month from now so we're in a couple of weeks i guess the playoffs are coming right right around the corner 
Kyrie and, and, and KD together, weirdly not as potent as you'd think um, mm-hmm. this season. And like the win-loss column, um, of course, they don't have Ben Simmons and it doesn't look like they're going to come back. Uh, he's going to come back or come to that this season, not coming back. He hasn't played at all. But the idea of can they play defense? Can they play a high-level defense and have enough bodies defensively to stay with, with Miami? The offense, of course, for Miami is the big question. Uh, but still, um, with P.J. Tucker and Jimmy Butler, I still think they have weapons to go at KD. Kyrie Irving's the big you know, question mark. We'll see what happens with Kyrie. But I still, I'll, I'll take Miami Heat in seven. Call me a homer. Heat in seven. Not Heat in five. Heat in seven. I love it. I love it. Um, they're going to love that answer down in Woodwood. Um, also, I wanted to ask you one last thing. Tell the people about Pack Your Knives, the podcast that you're doing with Kevin Arnovitz about Top Chef, because Top Chef is obviously back. You're a huge fan. Y'all been doing this show for years. Tell the people about this project that you and um, Arnovitz have undertaken. Yeah, Kevin Arnovitz, my guy. Uh, actually, my editor for the Miami Heat Index in 2010-2011 mm. season. Uh, we were obsessed with the show Top Chef, and we decided to to do a podcast recapping every episode of Top Chef like it's the NBA. We cover Top Chef like it's the NBA, and it's like the best hour or two of my week <laughs> is getting on the phone and recording those Zoom calls with with Arnovitz. It's it's so much fun. We get guests. We got Tom Colicchio on the show. Mm. Uh, we got uh, Gail Simmons on the show and a bunch of the chef testants. It's super fun. We have fantasy teams. Um, if you haven't watched Top Chef yet this season, we're four episodes in. Go binge it. Go listen to Pack Your Knives. A bunch of people who listen to our show, um, they say it's more fun listening to the podcast than it is watching the show, which is the highest of praises. Like people, people have more fun listening to Weekends with Waz than actually watching the NBA. So <laughs> I, I, I love I, it. I, I would hope that that's the case. Damn, man. So. Check out Pack Your Knives wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Tom, tell the people where else they can find you, obviously, and all your amazing work that you're doing. Yeah, so Basketball Illuminati is the new uh, the new podcast, which, which I, I mean, <laughs> it's the weirdest, most fun, the most different NBA podcast you'll ever listen to. Uh, Amin El Hassan, Anthony Mays, and I we do uh, we cover the league in a very different way. Um, the truth about the NBA is out there. Don't We're spoil it. Yes. Yeah, we're covering it on, on Basketball Illuminati. Think Kyrie Irving third eye, but smarter and funnier and more articulate. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, we cover the referees too, which fans love to hear is that we're actually covering um, refs. And it's kind of the third rail of the NBA, but we're doing it. Um, and also uh, we do the Underdogs podcast where we cover, you know, it's kind of a betting show where we cover the the, uh, the tournament right now from an underdog perspective. And like, why do underdogs happen? And why does St. Peter's happen? Shouts to the Peacocks. I know you're Shane all over Holloway, them, Of course. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, first of all, love Shaheen Holloway. Um, one of my older cousins who was like one of my mentors in hooping. Um, he was a Shaheen Holloway fanatic. He lived in Jersey, obviously rooted for Seton Hall, was would like tape Shaheen Holloway's like games to like like basically emulate his handle and his crossover. Like I have a deep relationship with Shaheen Holloway going back. And then after that win to go to the Sweet 16 where he gives that press conference, he's like, I got a bunch of guys from Jersey and New York City. Like, you think we really scared of anything? Like, it, like we got some tough dudes on this team. I was like, you know what? This is a man after my heart. So, yeah, shouts to Sheen Holloway. 
It's an incredible team. Uh, what's weird is that, like, of course, the face of the team is like a white dude from what is Burning Catholic. Of course, but whatever, whatever. We got Come tough on. white guys in the Northeast too, Tom. You should know that. We, <laughs> it's the one guy. It's the one guy. He's like a. He's becoming sensation. Um, I love it. So check out the Underdog Pod. Yeah, Underdogs Podcast, Basketball Illuminati. Hit me up at uh, at Tom Haverstraw on Twitter. And much love to you guys um, at the Ringer and Bill. Uh, shouts to whatever you guys are doing. I appreciate you. Love you long time. And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm just. The the Boise glow up this year, man. I know you've heard it before, <laughs> but it is so well deserved. I Thank mean, you. shouts Thank to Bobby you. Kennedy and the True TV live That's chats. Right. That's right. Talking to him live and in person on his own podcast. This is amazing. Appreciate you, man. Um, so yeah, that's our show. Make sure you're checking out every single thing else on the Ringer NBA podcast. Of course, we got real ones. We got uh Sirid and and Chris on Fridays, group chat Wednesdays. We got the whole shebang. Check out the whole thing. We'll see you guys next week. We're out of here. Peace.